Hey folks, Jason Moore here. This episode is brought to you by CoreSense. CoreSense is the new heart rate variability sensor that we at Elite HRV have designed specifically to capture accurate HRV from the fingertip. So whether it's the two-minute morning baseline readings or the five-minute biofeedback breathing session at the office or at home, anywhere, the 500 hertz multi-wavelength sensor array that's in CoreSense brings unparalleled accuracy and convenience literally to your fingertip. It's brand new and it's only available at EliteHRV.com slash CoreSense. That's C-O-R-S-E-N-S-E. Now on to the show. Welcome to the Elite HRV Podcast, where experts share their experience using heart rate variability and other biomarkers to optimize health and human performance. Welcome back to the Elite HRV Podcast. This is your host, as usual, Jason Moore. And today I'm excited to welcome Robin Everingham to the show. Robin, welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Jason. Thanks so much for taking the time. Uh, it's This is actually a big honor to have you here because uh, for many reasons. Uh, one is you have a lot of inspiring stories to share. Um, and the other is that I'm honored to report that you have a very impressive streak of HRV readings. Um, how many readings are you at right now? Uh, 862. 862 days in a row. Yeah. <laughs> That's, that is over three years. <laughs> no, it's, it's two and it's coming up. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's around that. Yeah. All right. Now everyone knows that my math skills are not the best. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, either way, that though that is um, that's a very impressive streak. And you know, one of the things that when we got connected, it was the streak that kind of you know uh, is it's kind of the uh, the gripping you know number that kind of captures the attention. But one of the things that I really uh, was inspired about your view on the streak, which maybe we can even just start with since this is organic anyways, right? Um, is that it's not necessarily, um, you know, the, the end goal, so to speak, but, but it provides a different perspective on uh, taking HRV readings and monitoring your health and things like that. So I think you had a more eloquent way to put it. So maybe you could tell us a little bit about why, you know, for, I guess what kind of led to you getting this big streak and then what motivates you about it now that you, that keeps you to keep it going? Uh, there's a lot in that to unpack. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, look, I, when, when I first started and, you know, l let me sort of just take you back to, to why. Um, and I guess uh, it, it, originally I've had some health issues. I um, had a corporate career. Uh, obviously that took its toll. I retired early from that and um, we, uh, we bought a, a farm and we grew organics and, you know, had a, had a big rest. Um, but I've always had a, a low white cell count. So uh, immunity was compromised and it was an issue that I had every time I went to the, my physician we talked about it and it was on the borderline of having to go to a specialist and see what we needed to do. So 
I um, I- even with all of that, I started to look at um, uh, all the health gurus and essentially uh, everyone, th- this was probably um, 15, 20 years ago when I retired, um, you know, people like David Wolfe and then David Asprey came along, Dave Asprey, all those sort of guys I looked at and I um, tried to do a whole range of things but nothing quite moved it. And I was looking for something that I could take control of, um, you know, to go to the doctor every six months and get a blood test and find out that what you'd done may or may not have worked. I needed something that I could take control of. And that's where I started to look around and found HRV. I don't even know where I came across it. I do, actually. It was um, with HeartMath. And HeartMath had a HRV um, app, but it was a biofeedback app and it wasn't giving me what I really wanted, which was raw HRV data that I could measure over time. Mm -hmm. So um, from there I found another company called iThrive, which would, um, and it just took my finger uh, on the back of the phone to take a recording. But then I got their PPG, their finger sensor, but the app was fairly complicated and it didn't give me, you know, what I wanted. So finally, I came across Elite HRV and your foundational course. And I took the course with you and Greg. And it was amazing. I've got to say, I went, oh my goodness, is that what stress is? Oh, now I get it. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) So that was excellent information. So at that point, I um, uh, loaded the app. purchased a polar strap and uh, that was in pre-core sense days and here I am 860 days later. <laughs> and the rest is history as they the say, The rest right? is history, yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, so that's, that's my um, quick journey through HRV and I've been very happy with the Elite HRV app. Well, thank you. I'm, I'm honored to be able to, you know, help facilitate that and, uh, you know, it's, I really, uh, a lot of folks will download various products or try different things. And, um, one of the things that strikes me in your story there and in, and some other, uh, things that we've, uh, uncovered is that you value knowledge and education and you kind of want to understand what's going on, not just blindly, you know, be told what to do necessarily. Um, and so, you know what? Uh, there's a there's a few different things that you've really kind of biohacked, and some people might call it biohacking. Some people might call it just looking holistically at your life um, or improving necessarily. Um, but uh, you know, you mentioned the low white blood cell count. Wh- which areas of your life kind of have helped you move the needle with HRV? <laughs> Uh, walking away from the corporate world. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, well, you know, if I, if I may interrupt right there, there was uh, another user has sent me a screenshot of their data. One year they were having a really rough time in their career and they could they had uh, drawn on the screenshot with their hand 
a trend showing their HRV going down because they hated their boss. And then they quit their job and their HRV increased dramatically in like just a two-week period after that. Yeah. And then, then they got a new job and again, didn't like their boss and it started going back down. And so I think that's a really interesting uh, point that I'm not telling everyone out there listening no. to quit their jobs, but but in some cases it can have a pretty big impact. Yeah, look, for me, it was, um, I, I love work. There's, there's, it's not about work at all, but I do love to work in my office, in my home, and that just works a whole lot better for me. So um, instead of going out every day to an office somewhere with a whole lot of people and, um, and the pressures that come with that. So I, I'm happy now. I'm doing what I'm doing. No, that's, mm. that's fantastic. Mm. And so, um, so I apologize for interrupting. What what else did you have on your uh, <laughs> that you were saying there? Um, oh, I'm not sure where I was going with that. Um, you, you know, with the blood tests. Look, the bottom line is, I'm I'm a tracker. I reckon I could walk into a twelve steps program, sit down, and go, "Hi, my name's Robin, and I'm a tracker. I track everything, and I always have. Love a spreadsheet. I'm an accountant, so um, my whole life is in spreadsheets. So even my blood tests at that time, um, I still have 20 years worth of spreadsheeted blood tests. <laughs> I've got that to compare with my HRV as well. Wow, that's really, that's a, that's a, a wealth of information there. It, it is. And, you know, a, a few of the realisations that I've come across over the time is that in, in listening to the gurus, if I could call them that, um, a lot of times they figure out the solution to their own problems and then they write a book or do all this stuff based on what they've done. And and I realise that that may or may not be right for me. Um, so I had to figure it out for myself. Even the doctor is pretty much bound by um, the model that they work in and they could give me uh, advice and I have to take that and work out whether it's right for me. That's where HRV has really been um, the, the the thing that that has has uh, really allowed me to do that. Um, you know, I don't have to be bound by um, the, the research that a doctor has to have at hand before they can actually say something. I can do an experiment on n equals one, a biohack. Sometimes it's N equals two because I dragged my husband into the experiment. But essentially, that's what um, HRV has allowed me to do is to track my own health. Mm. No, I love that. And I think in the in the note that you shared with me beforehand, you said you really like the N equals one yeah. uh, aspect of it. And then you even had uh, N equals two if you drag your husband into <laughs> <That's> it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, you know, uh, kind of along that same lines, uh, you, you've, you've looked at a lot of the different recommendations that gurus have given, and those are, um, kind of in the realms of nutrition, exercise, stress management. Um, I know that more recently too, well, maybe not even more recently, but at least in our app more recently, you're, um, actively engaged with resonant breathing and HRV biofeedback. 
you you also mentioned that that particularly meditation especially has moved the needle for you. How did you get into meditation? Um, when when I first started using the app back in 2018 or whenever it was, um, I, I was interested in meditation. I'd been um, uh, a Holosync uh, from um, Centerpoint, a user of their uh, technology, and I'd sort of let it go. But I started using it again around the same time as I started using um, uh, HRB. And I didn't notice it until the end of that year. So I started in May and at the end of the year, I looked at my LFHF and realised that um, I had moved from a sympathetic dominance to a, a parasympathetic dominance in that first six months. And I was, um, I put that down to meditation. I was doing that meditation. Uh, I was also doing some heart math uh, biofeedback as well and at that time I had just started preparing to do a Dr Joe Dispenza uh, week-long meditation seminar and there was some pre-work meditation to do there so somewhere in those three things I literally moved the dial from uh, a dominant um, LF in my morning readings to a dominant HF and it's been like that ever since. Wow. And yeah. what's your meditation practice look like today? Um, today I'm still experimenting. I've gone back to um, the Holosync um, uh, uh, because it's, it's got a lot of stages to it. It takes about five years to go through that program and I really wanted to just step it up. Uh, and it's a fairly easy program to do, but that's about an hour a day I put into that. Um I love Dr. Joe Dispenza's work. Um, I think that's really important. But then getting back to the resonant breathing, I literally only started that um, last weekend when I looked at the um, YouTube video with Vivek and, uh, and Jeff. Mm -hmm. And I had a big realisation there that uh, what they gave me in that was how to actually find your resonant breath. Um, the, the number of um, breaths per minute, and I'd never seen that before. Even in all my time of doing biofeedback, I'd never seen anyone say that there is a, a breath view. I I had intuited that there might be, but I didn't quite know how to find it. So they um, really gave us how to find that. Since then, I've been doing it twice a day. I haven't got to 20 minutes twice a day yet, but I've got to 10 minutes. Now, Here's what I found. Um, in, in the last few months, we've all been sitting in the COVID environment and I must admit that it was starting to, I guess my mental health was starting to um, uh, waver slightly and I, I was really aware of it, really aware of it. Um, both my husband and I had talked about both of us really feeling like it. And it's not that there's anything really, I mean, we live in a fabulous area where there's been no COVID, really tight controls, but no COVID. Uh, my family's all fine. We're all fine, but I'm still feeling the effects of, I guess, the global thing. I read people's stories. It upsets me because I see people who can't get to their family. And that was starting to take a toll. So I started the resonant breathing on Saturday last week. And within a couple of days, I had literally 
shut off the feelings in my body that I had that were, I say, COVID feelings. I felt like the breathing had stabilised me, that my um, I wasn't thinking negative thoughts. I was just, I felt really quite stable. So if that's what it does in that short time and that short bit of practice, I'm really going to venture into it in, in a much bigger way and see what it does over time on my HRV. That's such a powerful anecdote. I really appreciate yeah. your willingness to share that. And um, that's that's amazing. And it's something that, you know, we've talked to Dr. Leah Lagos as well, who you've probably seen yeah. in our app. And she works with folks regularly um, to implement HRV biofeedback and resonant breathing programs. Mm. And, um, you know, she, she has told us about these effects as well. And uh, I think that the highlight that you're sharing about the current climate, the current global environment that mm. we're all part of mm. is so relevant and powerful, obviously, to everyone. Um we are also for, in a fortunate situation in the sense that nobody we know directly has been affected, um, but it's just the tension in the air almost Yes, yeah, <laughs> that, that you can feel. And um, so that's, in, that's an incredibly powerful story. And I think, uh, you know, if I can uh, invite others to experiment with their breath. And uh, also that video is on YouTube uh, of Jeff and Vivek. So mm. if you're interested in finding resonant frequency, um, I also agree. They did a fantastic job with that video. Yes, yes. Uh, I, I have to say that um, often I'm I'm kind of like a, a talking head or a voice for, yeah. for the things that we're doing. And um, I really enjoy uh, letting others do that um, yeah. for a number of reasons, but but also because Vivek and Jeff just did a fantastic job with that webinar. So um, yes. hats off to them if they're listening. Yep. <laughs> I, I concur. They did a fabulous job and uh, it really inspired me to, uh, and, and I'm just amazed at, at what an effect I've created in such a short time. Can you, uh, you know, is there anything that you can really kind of latch on to with that from your personal experience? Is there, um, was, is it kind of tension in the body? Is it just, gener is it more on the psychological side of the things? Like how can, what, what can you notice that's different? Um, what I was noticing was, as I said, um, it, it's almost, it's hard to describe. It's almost like the negative thoughts had found their track in my brain and they were just, you know, flashes were coming in about negative incidents or stuff. When I did the breathing, it's almost like that stopped it in its tracks and I got out, well, I got out of my head into my diaphragm um, to breathe and that, that process of diaphragmatic breathing in that way literally takes you out of your head so those thoughts can't get traction that's huge so it's, it's almost like um channeling channeling everything into the system that's i guess you know um you said it best i don't need to summarize it it's uh the breath is such an integral part of our physiology and something we just ignore often yeah 
And um, in fact, you know, I've been even guilty in my past of of holding my breath or um, holding tension in that way. And uh, years ago, I had a yoga instructor um, come by one time when we were practicing breathing and touch my throat and uh, and said that just by watching me breathe, they could tell that I carry tension in my throat, in my lower upper chest, lower neck area, yep. and uh, that they just by just by watching me could tell through their experience. So it's pretty profound how these things can manifest physically and then how taking control of our physical, of our body in certain ways can actually then have the effect in the other direction um, towards mental health and well-being. The the other interesting thing I found too is uh, when I do a breathing session after a bike ride in the morning, and, and, you know, I've only done a few sessions. It's not great, but I just happened to do a breathing session after I'd done a restorative yoga, 30 minutes of restorative yoga, and wow, you could see the difference. So I, I want to test all sorts of things with the breathing as well, but it's the, it's the diaphragmatic breathing that takes you out of your head and out of those thoughts into a much calmer uh, way of being. That's amazing. And would you mind sharing what, uh, if you know off the top of the, your head, what your resonant breathing pattern is? It's um, it's six point five, but it's an extended out breath. As the as the guys said in the video, they said, you know, once you work out that, see if the extended breath works for you. The extended out breath, and it does. It's certainly the most comfortable for me. Perfect. So that's six point five breaths per minute with yep. a slightly longer exhale. <laughs> Yep, it is. Mm. Got it. Well, that that actually is pretty close to me as well. I'm I'm ab- about six, um, about kind of where the vanilla resonant frequency yeah. is, so to speak. <laughs> That's um, us. But uh, but also with an extended out uh, exhale. Yeah. So um, to okay, so the meditation and the breathing and. Um, We've talked about your spreadsheet. You know, what other things do you track in that spreadsheet besides HRV? Okay. Um, I track my sleep, um, uh, my weight, my exercise, any meditation, supplements, and any notes because I want to be able to go back and figure out, you know, if there's a, if there's a trend there, what was happening around that time. Um, so I also have an Apple Watch that I wear 24-7 surprise surprise and um (laughs) have a have a pretty um powerful streak on that but let me tell you a little story about my streak on my apple watch um first of all let's just talk about a streak because maintaining a streak is no easy feat um especially when you're a traveler uh we um we we take a trip not this year obviously but we usually go to europe every year my daughter lives in london and um, when I first started using HRV, I went, oh, how am I going to do this on the long haul flight? Because it's a 24 hour flight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so <laughs> I had to work out a way of taking my HRV reading, um, say, before I left home to go to the airport that morning. And then I had to set my watch to UK time. And as soon as it clicked over on UK time after midnight, no matter where I was, 
I had to take another reading because then that gets the <laughs> next day. <laughs> <laughs> that's how you. That's how you keep an eight hundred and sixty day streak. That's, right. that's it. That's how you do it. And um, and then then you know with my Apple Watch, it's a similar sort of thing. How do you keep your rings closed every day when you're doing that flight? Well, you've got to do the same thing. You've got to get the the um, exercise at the airport before you get on the plane, and then you've got to. Um, do all sorts of things, and I and I tell people if you see that lady who's just shaking her wrist, <laughs> she's <laughs> probably trying to get uh, the blue ring closed. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, that's that's a good uh, that's a good site to look for. Um, yeah, actually, yeah. that's something to look forward to when we're all traveling a little bit more after yes. COVID. Yes, indeed. That's yeah. um, well, you know, and and that's something that's. Uh, it's a way to create a little bit of fun around it too, right? Um, yeah, yeah. Like the time that I um, I accidentally dropped my Apple Watch onto the uh, bathroom floor and smashed the screen and I went, oh, I'll just take it to the Apple store and I'll be able to fix that. And they said, sure, we'll just send it away for a few days and get the screen fixed. No, 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 <laughs> you don't understand. I said, it's fine. Your, your data will still be there. Yes, but my streak won't. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I ended up walking out of the uh, out of the Apple Store with a new watch and streak intact. Oh, perfect! <laughs> it's so, it, well, that's fun. No, you yeah. know, it's uh, you've got you've got both ends of it, though. It's the you know the gamification, so to speak, is what they call yes. it in the industry. Yeah, and then. Uh, but then also all the data that goes with it because you've got all of that history as well. And, you know, oftentimes when people are tracking or trying to improve health or wellness or, you know, we go through these ebbs and flows of life where maybe it's travel or maybe you're just um, extra stressed out or, you know, maybe you need a little extra recovery or something like that. And, and we can fall out of our habits uh, when when these situations occur, um, but a streak is sort of just a fun. It's like representative and symbolic in a way of an underlying intention to not give up when your routine gets disrupted. Uh, yeah, look, I, I agree with you there, and it was something that um, I'd never been good at uh, in in my life. Consistency and consistency pays big time. And, and uh, a streak gets you that consistency and it, it, it literally changes who you are. It just, it re, you reevaluate what's important and there's stuff that you have to let go of. It's just, it's just becoming a person who um, it, it values uh, those things. That's actually a really huge point to bring up. One of the biggest mm. challenges I feel like that people have in making change is that change, meaningful change by necessity also changes your identity in a way. Yes, yes. And so that's some of like the hardest part. If somebody identifies as being like a social drinker, for example, and then they find out that that uh, routine or habit maybe not working favorably for them, they have to make a choice to say, am I willing to let go of that identity or is that identity more important to me and I'll hold on to it and just know that it's maybe not the optimal 
path or something. Um, so yeah, look, I, I agree with you, and that's what I've found. And um, you know, to take it from there, um, at my age, I'm 64, and aging is uh, part of the scene these days. But what I've discovered, and I think is really important, is that I've, aging, you don't have to make a decision about aging. But if you want longevity, you actually have to make some decisions and mm. um, and you have to do things differently. There's no two ways that you can uh, do what you've done all your life and still do longevity. All the research tells us that a different strategy is required. So when you start to look at um, the habits that are required uh, and the data that I'm getting is enabling me to make the most of that longevity. And you know what? There's an amazing statistic that uh, you shared with me, and that's that when you look at HRV population data, yeah. your it doesn't match your age. Yeah. Uh, if you wouldn't mind sharing where where at sometimes your HRV trends lie. Um, when I first started for, for that first six months, my HRV was uh, around the fifty five to fifty eight, which was on the you know top side of my age demographic. But once I once it flipped because of that meditation, it's the only thing I can really point it to. It's never been under sixty since then. And when I'm Amazing. not uh, when I'm not in a stressed mode, like before um, COVID sort of took hold. It averaged around 65. When I put that onto the, um, the, the checker for age group, that matches a 30 to 39-year-old age group. That's amazing. And, you know, yeah, like the population comparison there. And uh, that's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's one data point in a, in, a, in, a, uh, in a suite of data that you're obviously tracking about yourself. But um, it, it must feel good to kind of uh, jump down a few decades on yes. the HRV scale. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> um, so, so that's but, – but the other thing is <clears throat> uh, when you've got a streak like that, and what happens when people get a streak and they have a bad day, they go, oh, that's it, I'm not doing it. And that used to be me. But when you get a streak and you have a bad day, the streak's too important to worry about that bad day. You just record it and move on. Mm-hmm. And it's not, it's, uh, I think it kind of almost unlocks the fact that when you have a bad day, so to speak, you know, quote unquote bad, right, is... Mm-hmm it's not necessarily a slap on the wrist or um, something that you're uh, should feel ashamed about. It's, it's just another data point in your arsenal to, um, to look towards the future, right? Yeah. Look, one data point doesn't really matter. A trend is what you're really looking for. You're looking for that longitudinal trend. And if that happens, then you can take action. So I, I want to ask you a little bit about your routine, but, but before we dig into that is, um, you also have a few other things that you've said have moved the dial, uh, supplements and red wine were both examples. Yeah. Maybe you could take us through what your experiences with those are. Um, the supplements that I know for a fact have moved the dial and it's probably not surprising, uh, things like melatonin. I was staggered at how much that moved the dial, which probably told me what was missing in my body at the time. 
Um, the other ones that have been significant are CoQ10 and PQQ, both mm. met- metabolic enhancers, and th- that's you know makes sense when you look at it in in that perspective. But they are really important. And the reason that I know they've moved the dial is when I was in the UK for six months last year, couldn't get melatonin and uh, ran out of the others and decided to wait till I got home, I could actually see the HRV go down. Wow. Well, that's pretty powerful N equals one experimentation right there when you can see the data change. Yeah. That's amazing. So the melatonin and CoQ10 and PQQ and and then interestingly, red wine. Uh, that was a that was a uh, before I get to the red wine, just let me say that right now, um, based on uh, some of the science that's come out of um, uh, David Sinclair and his book Lifespan, he's talking about NMN, which is a mononucleotide something. Um, and we've just started that to and, and start to track to see if that makes any difference to our health. It's another, I guess, metabolic support. Um, but that's just a, a, a project that I've got on at the moment. Now, oh, the red yeah. wine. So that's um, nicotinamide mononucleotide. That, thank you for that. Yes, yes, sure. it is. And it's, yeah, the big thing at the moment. It's, um, you know, uh, I think it's a derivative of niacin, and that's yes, a, it is. Yep. a B vitamin. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, this is a fun fact about niacin is that um, I don't know if NMN, I've never used NMN myself to date, but um, uh, niacin can sometimes give you like this flush feeling when you take it, um, yeah. where it's almost like blushing in your face. Yeah. yeah. And uh, that's kind of an interesting experience. But um, so, uh, but otherwise, so yeah, that, that's in really, I'll be curious to hear more about how that experimentation goes. Yeah. Now, the red wine. I uh, was writing an article about alcohol and I thought, you know what, let's just test this with uh, HRV. So my alcohol consumption would be one glass, maybe two glasses a week max. We open a bottle on a Friday night, it lasts till Saturday night. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I thought I'd test one glass of wine. So I took a reading half an hour before I had the wine with dinner then I took a reading every half an hour for the next two or three hours, uh, staggered at uh, what effect it had on my HRV. Oh wow! So that's so. What what effect did it have? <laughs> well, it it put my heart rate up and it put my HRV down, and it took about three hours to have that start to recover. So that just gives me an indication of um, what what it does to my system. Wow. Yeah, no, that's very powerful feedback. And that's, it's, uh, that's a really interesting, um, you know, experiment that depending on how people use HRV, they may take a reading just in the morning or, you know, just, just, um, around exercise or something. But I think that's one of the fun things that you can do with it is, uh, do some before and after experimentation. And, uh, that's a really great template. 30 minutes before and then every 30 minutes after for a couple of hours. And, uh, that's a pretty clear result. And again, it's like not, it's not to say that you're never going to drink red wine again, most likely. 
it's it's just that now you know and you know if you if you know that you're kind of maybe already in a depleted state or you're trying to recover or something like that um then you just kind of have the trade off of the psychological relaxation side or the kind of physical damage side so yeah. to speak <laughs> yeah and and um it, it allows you to be at choice point because you know what it does to your body. And, you know, when you go to reach for the second glass, you go, no, it, it's going to wreck my HRV the next morning if I go to the second glass. <laughs> mm, yes. that That's actually for me too is um, I can tolerate one glass of an alcoholic beverage fairly well, um, mm. especially if it's not too close to bed. Yeah. Um, but usually over one has a meaningful effect on me almost every time. Uh, I will say that the few times that it doesn't are when everything else, it's kind of like an experience in a way. For example, if you have a couple of glasses on vacation while yeah. you, while you've spent all day, like socializing with your loved ones and getting lots of sun and, you know, all that stuff. So there's, there's like a bigger picture to keep in mind. Yeah, right? yeah, there is. Yes. Yes. And, and, and I think especially in the time of stress that we're kind of sort of in now, it's one of those things that has got um, a little bit out of hand. It's just too easy to reach for. And um, there's other ways to do it. Mm hmm. That's true. Yeah. So I want to ask you a couple mm. of quick questions about your routine. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so we covered that you meditate for about one hour and yeah. uh, is that morning, evening? Yeah, it's it's morning. Basically um, six o'clock start. I take a HRV reading, um, do a, a, about an hour's meditation on the Holosync meditation at this stage. And then we head out um for us uh, a bike ride and um, we're really fortunate to have bike paths for miles either side of us so we've got a choice of of where we go but I've got to say right now it's um it's bird nesting season and there's swooping magpies everywhere which don't make it fun <laughs> <laughs> this adds a whole new element to the cycling <laughs> uh yeah even on my helmet I have um cable ties stuck out everywhere to try and <laughs> stop them from but it doesn't oh um, my goodness <laughs> yeah it's 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 not fun but that's that'll be over soon so and then uh, if at some point you know a, a bike ride is just too much we'll go for a walk on the beach and just unwind and and get some exercise there the afternoon or the evening is I try and fit in either a, um, a flow yoga, just a half an hour, or restorative yoga if I've had a tough day. Um, and then I'm trying to uh, look at intermittent fasting, the millions of different ways of doing that. But um, right now I'm trying to do the sort of 16-8, trying to push breakfast out and pull dinner back earlier just to see, um, just to, to feel like I'm doing some sort of fasting. Mm -hmm. and, and then on that, uh, real mm, quick on that one is yeah. it sound, sounds like you're compressing it towards the middle of the day. Yeah, yeah. So that you're eating more towards me. the middle. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then sleep, as I said, is my major focus because I've not been, it's, it's not a great um, 
uh, I, I don't sleep super well. However, I've got to say, since I've done resonant breathing, my sleeping has been spot on. Oh, wow. Okay. Mm. That's another so that's, nice benefit then. Mm-hmm. And if I have trouble going to sleep, I literally put a guided meditation on and do resonant breathing for 15 or 20 breaths and I, I, I literally drop off to sleep straight away. Wow. So it's great. Mm. It's nice to have that switch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's a great routine. And, um, and you know, the, the fasted uh, exercise in the morning, I have a question for you on that. Mm. Mm. Um, do you do, when you're cycling, do you do more mm. steady state cycling or is it more interval style or just kind of however you're feeling in the moment? How do you, how do you like to exercise when you go for Look, a bike? I- I don't focus on a hit sort of a routine, but when I look um, at the uh, the Apple Watch results of it, just it's just the way the sort of bike paths work. I can see that my heart rate's going up and down, so there's kind of sort of a hit element in it. Um, but I'm I'm able to uh, keep the heart rate at um, probably the top of my age range, not even in the 70 to 80%, I can comfortably keep it around 140, 150 um, for pretty much most of that ride. So I'm pretty happy with that, yeah. Wow. Well, so then that's, you know, uh, the meditation has obviously moved the needle quite a bit for you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and in a way, you know, that's kind of nice to prioritize it first thing in the morning. Yes. You know, uh, I find that certain things like meditation, if you w- wait till the end of the day, de- <laughs> depending on your routine, it's tempting to just kind of skip it and go to sleep. Yeah. Is that why you prioritize it in the morning a- or is there another? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Like <laughs> you, you get stuff ticked off early um and it's much easier. I must say even with our afternoon or evening flow yoga it's really easy to uh to walk away from that too so some days we just go oh, don't feel like it today mm-hmm. well, but um it works when you do it it really does make a difference that's fantastic and mm-hmm. almost uh, in a sense you could doing the n equals one experimentation you can almost mm-hmm. prioritize these things in a sense that you know by by putting meditation at the beginning of the day you're guaranteeing yeah. you're you're not going to skip that one yeah. and then as the day goes on you know it sounds like you have a a routine that you keep to pretty well but as you were building that routine there's probably ebbs and flows of life that that present challenges and interruptions to that routine yeah so that's yeah, great. Look, during during the winter time when it was too cold to go out first thing in the morning, which people will laugh at me because, you know, we live in the a subtropics and it's beautiful, but um, we would maybe do the cycle after lunch. But because I'm tracking on my Apple Watch and I need those points, it has to get done. <laughs> mm-hmm. There you go. So, there, there comes that streak again. It does. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's perfect. Well, Robin, this has been a great kind of uh, peek into your life. And I really, again, appreciate you sharing all of this with us and, you know, from your supplementation and experimentation and uh, sleep and meditation and exercise. Mm -hmm. And uh, also, 
you know, uh, just want to give you a hats off again for realizing that your uh, career path too and the work that you were doing while you love work was impacting you the way that you were going about it at that time. Mm. Mm. That's a tough decision. Was, was uh, you know, I don't want to press too much. It's up to you where you want to go with it. But was it a hard decision to make that change um, in the early days when you were kind of shifting lifestyles? Um, not really, but once I'd had a rest on the farm, um, we actually then went and created what we thought was just going to be selling some water bottles on Amazon for something to do, and it ended up to be a global Amazon business, which <laughs> oh wow, <laughs> which is um, we we uh, run that down last year, but that was a wild ride and a great fun for a while. Um, but it was different. It wasn't like going into an office every day. It was something we could do from wherever we were, and we did do a lot of travel and work that business at the same time. So there are other options apart from straight corporate life. That's a really interesting timing to share that as well because, you know, corporate life has been disrupted by COVID a little bit, yeah. and um, people may be questioning or um even maybe have lost their job or uh, maybe looking for options. And mm. I am a, I'm extremely biased now as an entrepreneur about, yeah. <laughs> you know, where I would like to spend my personal time. But uh, in the entrepreneur world, uh, there are a lot of people saying that now is a, a great time to try starting a business or something like that. Um, obviously there's tons of risks and I don't want to guarantee anything for yeah. anyone because that's part of the fun of entrepreneurship is you have no idea if it's going to work. Yep. Um, but, uh, you know, in absence of other things going on and, uh, just for a different ride, that's a, that's a pretty inspiring story. So thank you for sharing that yeah. as well. Yep. And so now we're just on to the next game. <laughs> and and uh, I don't know, have we got time for another little quick story about where my inspiration comes from for my longevity? Yes, actually, I would love okay. that. And, and okay. Let's, let's go for it. Let, let me tell you about my friend Beryl. When we came back from overseas this year, we, we literally arrived home on the 1st of January before all this hit, um, I decided to I really wanted to do French classes. So I went to the local um, U3A, which is the University of the Third Age, and uh, was looking for one of, the, one of the three teachers. And they said, well, you can do conversational or you can do straight grammar, the whole bit with Beryl. And I went, yep, that's who I want, Beryl. So I go to my class <clears throat> with Beryl, <coughs> pardon me, and I get her to myself for two hours a week. Now, Beryl is this tiny little woman who is 94 years old. Oh, my goodness. Not only is she 94, but she is legally blind, and she's been teaching here for 25 years wow. every day. <clears throat> so inspirational in itself. <clears throat> Pardon me. And I looked at Beryl and I went, you're 94 and I'm 64. There's 30 years there. If you can still be doing that at 94, what the heck can I be doing at 94? So anyway, um, we, we, we have a fabulous time in, um, in my two-hour session with her a week. 
And then it comes up that it's uh, somewhere along the line that it's coming up to her 95th birthday. And I went, great. Well, so, no, she said, I don't celebrate birthdays because my twin brother died three days before our 56th birthday and he was buried on our birthday and I've never celebrated since. I went, mm, not on my watch. So I went to the French patisserie and bought lovely cakes and little things for her and a lovely birthday card and I came to my class. We had a fabulous morning, lovely morning tea. And off I went feeling quite pleased with myself. <clears throat> and the next day I get a call and it just shattered everything. Beryl, who was legally blind, as I said, who walked around the community without a cane or any indication, crossed the same road that she crossed every day and was hit and killed by a driver. Oh, my goodness. And and I just, it just has rocked, it, it just rocked me. And I just realised that how tenuous we are and how every day really counts and what am I going to do with this next 30 years. She's just inspired me to create something. That's a, that's, I, I got chills. When you started describing her for excited reasons and then yeah. chills again um, after her birthday. And wow, that mm. talk about a, a, a splash of water in the face or a wake up yeah. call or whatever you want to call it, right? And, 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 it, and it was a wake up call for me. It's like, 30 years, I mean, you know, currently we're told that 120 is the new 80, but what are we going to do with that time? Mm -hmm. It's decision time for people who are, um, you know, ageing. It's like, what are we going to do with that time? Every day counts. And, you know, it's something that the old, you know, I, I've got the perspective still that I have a lot of time ahead of me and that's one perspective and uh but on a daily basis you know that time adds up quickly sure and uh we also have you know i kind of like that you brought up that 120 is the new 80 concept because in a sense with modern medicine and improvements yep. in technology and um you know all sorts of things that we can do now to prolong our lifespan um, is that the kind of traditional way of thinking about your life, which is I work till I'm this age, which is yeah. usually people kind of uh, are very optimistic about how long they're going to have to work. They're thinking maybe they're till they're 50, till they're 60, something like that, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and, then, and then, you know, you go through these series of things in your mind, but Imagine now if you do live to 120 and then if you do retire when you're 60, you're only halfway there. <laughs> Absolutely. It, it, it is requiring us to think very differently. As I said, aging is not a decision, but longevity is a decision. It's like, uh, you know, am I going to be healthy enough? What am I going? You, you've got time for a whole nother career after the normal retirement age. What are we going to do? Mm -hmm. and, and that's where Beryl inspired me to to do something. 
Well, Beryl is in that's Beryl's inspired me. (laughs) 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 And I haven't met her. Um, (laughs) My uh, grandmother is approaching that age and she's an inspiration to me for similar reasons. Um, Fortunately, less dramatic at this time, but um, just a a very inspiring woman. And, Mm. um, and lives her life in the present every day. She, you know, she's got a big family to keep track of that keeps her busy, but uh, it's inspiring the the level of attention that she gives to you when you're talking to her. She mm. asks me all sorts of questions about HRV and our Aww. business, and um, and you know, and then she. Uh, gets her powdered donut and goes to the other room <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and it eats it in there so that it's not to offend me. <laughs> not that not that it would, of course, but no. uh, but she's, she's earned the right. <laughs> oh, for sure, earned the right to do anything um, almost. And so, um, but that is a very inspiring story, and and I really like that you separate aging from longevity because. In my, you know, I've used the terms before health span and lifespan. Mm. People are familiar with lifespan. It's basically, you know, how old you are in in Mm. years. Chronological uh, age. Chronological. And health span being, well, how many of those years would you count as good years? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. What's my biological age right now? And it could be very different from your chronological age. Mm -hmm. And then you've shared your inspiring story of, of, uh, you know, being chronologically 64, but biologically mm. in your 30s, potentially. Yeah. yeah. It's very inspiring. So that's a, it's a different way to think about aging for sure. And, and HRV is a big part of it because HRV allows me to um, monitor and notice things way before I would if I was just going to the doctor every six months. Yeah, it's the the uh, the immediacy allows you to make decisions more rapidly. Yep. yep. And do that n equals one experimentation. That's right. And this is a very um, interesting timing because yesterday I interviewed Dr. Jun Yun of the mm. Palo Alto uh, Longevity Prize. And yes. Uh, and it was a very, uh, also again, honored to have that discussion. Um, it was an amazing discussion as well. And so yes, I'm look, looking forward to that podcast. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's going to be great. And this is actually perfect. We'll time both of these near each other because, okay. uh, you know, he is coming at this from the directly from like a more formal science, uh, background, Mm. And and then you have the scientific approach, but uh, coming at it from a personal experience standpoint as well. So mm. it's amazing how closely your message and his message align. Nice. And uh, so it'll be really fun to listen to those back to back. Excellent. Well, uh, so, Robin, I, I want to thank you again. That's uh, I'm glad we you know. Uh, gain that perspective on lifespan. Sometimes, me included, we get caught up in the day-to-day life of things and it's hard to prioritize health. It's hard to prioritize wellness. And there are things that you can do once you kind of get into that 
uh, routine, keeping the streak, for example, and treating it as an important uh, as an important number, you know, the streak almost being just as important as the the number, the HRV number sometimes. Yes. Uh, because it's uh, just that consistency of prioritizing your your own health and well-being. Yeah. And then that's a very uh, inspiring story as well um, about your longevity uh, inspiration. So thank you for sharing yeah. all that. You're welcome. Well, uh, let's wrap up there. And again, I just really okay. appreciate it. I know that we've communicated via email a few times and um, that you've also talked to others on the team. And uh, so, you know, again, uh, 850 more days ahead of us, right? Um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then I'll be able to get my math right and say that it's over three years. <laughs> Yeah, and, and I'm looking forward to Bruno and uh, and and the other one, oh, Tyrone. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. There's some amazing. Um, yeah, I uh, I've had streaks upwards of a year and things. Uh, my uh, main this will be a nice little personal uh, insight into my HRV tracking world. I I tra- tracked every day pretty much for the last six years or so. Wow. Um, and I do miss about one day a year at least. Um, and usually it comes from me testing, uh, different versions of the elite HRV app Yep. and not realizing that my data is being saved into like a test environment, for example. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> So then I have a one of those moments every once in a while where I'm like, oh no, I'm tracking in the wrong environment. Oh, and so um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's just kind of uh, a fun thing to do though. And yeah, um, there's some amazing streaks, and it's very inspiring to uh, to hear about them. So thanks again. Yeah, you're welcome. Well, we'll um, you know. Uh, Folks might be uh, seeing and hearing more from you in the future, but you know this has been a great podcast, and um, we can wrap up here and uh, look forward to talking again soon. Thank you very much. Thanks, Jason. Thanks, Robin. Thanks, everyone.